Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It's me, your boy, Big Tasty, here, as always, with Jay. How's it going, Jay? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I'm a little bit, I'm a little off the money today because I went to the independent Manchester Beer Festival yesterday and drank. It basically, so the way it works, it's um, you buy some tokens for, for a set amount of money, and then every beer is one token. So and it's a third. So you either get a third of Session IPA or a third of Imperial Stout. Have and, you changed that? Because it used to be like yeah like last time in 2019 it was like different amounts of tokens but it was back to just one beer for one token so if you weren't getting imperial stouts you were quite frankly ripping yourself off yeah that's <laughs> that seems like a logical uh... so it's uh it hasn't boded yeah. well for me today uh, i had a very pretty relaxed day in the brewery today doing a little bit of cleaning and then, um yeah it's, it's been a uh, back home to do the podcast so yeah but uh, all good it, it was a good weekend um some guy complimented my dan house t-shirt which was nice very nice, very evil. Very nice, very evil. So yeah, so I, I enjoyed that. How are you, man? How was how was your uh, how was your weekend? Yeah, um, didn't really do much. <laughs> but pretty much, uh, thought thought I had COVID, so stayed at home. <laughs> Fair enough. Sarah has had COVID, so she's not been able to do anything. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so I, she... I, as I just said to you before we started, because like because of the time the time frame of that, and because I'd seen her, seen Sarah a few times within that window of it like testing positive i was like chances are if i think it's covid it's probably covid yeah oh i, I just didn't take any chances i just stayed in oh fair enough uh yeah. we, we, i mean we've got a big weekend away next weekend we're going down to manchester to see the uh see the wrestle boys so yeah buddy that's all about like well, we, we are going to talk about that a little bit later looking forward to that uh, anyway before we get to that though we need to go through some wwe news and some match recaps um so um, I see you've moved this and put it into <laughs> for a very tenuous reason. You've moved it to the top. I mean, it it, it deserves to be talked about at the top I, of the show. I thought it. I thought it should be the first thing we talk about because the most important thing that's happened all week. Yeah. Um. So yeah, some sad news to start with. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer, New Japan Pro Wrestling founder, and all around pro wrestling legend Antonio Inoki has sadly passed away at the age of seventy nine. Yeah. Um. He'd, he'd been struggling with health issues for like all the year. I believe he was confined to a wheelchair earlier on. Yeah, um, since like sometime, sometime last year, I believe. Oh, really? I, I yeah. I, 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 knew, I knew like there was footage that come out of him from like August where he was like bedridden and like on like a respirator. That's mad. Like he, he basically, so this is 2022, he's passed away. Obviously, he was presumably in, in a wheelchair from last year, 2021. He was in politics in Japan as late as 2019. Yeah. He's, like his impact on pro wrestling in general, I mean, like you just look at how, how big New Japan are. Like they've, they've literally just done like two shows in the UK this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and, he, so I didn't realize he co-founded New Japan, and that was the start of his career. Yeah, well, um, it was 
because him and him and Giant Baba kind of like debuted the same time and they kind of split off. So Baba was like running all Japan and then um Anoki was running was, was owning New Japan. Yeah. Which is mad. As, yeah, I didn't realise they debuted on the same day also. Um what was mad was I believe I think it was the fiftieth anniversary of his debut the same day he died. Oh shit, okay. Or, yeah, well this well this is the fiftieth anniversary of New Japan, isn't it? So Yeah. Um yeah, he, and and he was a young boy for uh, Ricky Dozer, and he was obviously or Ricky Choshu, one of them. Who oh, right. like a massive name because there was pictures going around of Anoki carrying his bags. It was like that's insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, like th- there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of like insane stuff that's come out. Like just not come out, but like sort of reemerged on Twitter of just like mad things Anoki's done. Um, most notably for me was the video that of uh, the two thousand um, New Year where there was a, a line of people queuing up where he was slapping them all in the face to transfer some of his fighting spirit to them into the new millennium. Nice. I mean, if, if you watch one video about Antonio Noki, watch him shooting on um, Great Antonio. Yeah, that's also very interesting. But, um, basically, this, this sort of like Canadian-Croatian strongman wrestles like him in a shoot in like an exhibition match, then decides to no-sell him and stiff him, and then Noki just, and Noki just kicks the shit out of him. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, like the the probably the probably the most famous match he's had, I'd say, um, within wrestling would have been either Vader squashing him or his match with Ric Flair at Collision in Korea. Yeah, um, which I know he like organized. Uh, he he did a lot of stuff within politics where he'd organize wrestling shows and in, in like countries that were very kind of why the fuck are you doing a show there famously did a, a peace show in North Korea yeah in 1995 he did one in um, he did one in it was either Afghanistan or Iraq during the first Gulf War alright oh, he also wrestled he also boxed boxed sorry Muhammad Ali to a points draw yeah oh no he, well it was wrestler versus boxer um, yeah oh, under he, special boxing wrestling rules yeah yeah, the interesting thing of that was Anoki just thought, well, you can't hit me with your feet, so I'm just going to like lie on me back and kick you in the shins, which was just half an hour of that. Like that guy uh, from Tekken. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, like the, especially like just to kind of highlight his, his impact on wrestling, um, where like he, he got squashed by Vader in about three minutes in um, like defending the world title. He hadn't lost for years. And uh, it caused a riot because people were that pissed off that he had lost. So, yeah, he, he's he was definitely like you just you just see some of the like things about him, and he's definitely like one of the bigger characters. Also, well, a pr- prolific trainer as well. Trained some of the great names like Bad News Allen, yeah. Brian Adams, First Tiger Mask, Kenji Muto, Masahiro Chono, um, Shinsuke Nakamura, Rocky Romero. You know some real big names there. Sorry, he, he had a. Big hand in a card as well. Yeah, he's not listed under his like Wikipedia articles. Wrestlers who train, but obviously, I mean, obviously, yeah, he's had an impact on on Akada's career. Yeah, he he certainly mentored them, like in the way he kind of presents himself. Yeah, um, just even just being kind of like the sort of standard bearer of New Japan today. But yeah, uh, massive yeah. loss to the wrestling business. 
If you want, apparently, if you want to check, out, if you want to check out his what it looked like his last appearance, so the last year in May, he was on the um, Dark Side of the Ring episode about the collision in Korea. Yeah, which is an amazing episode. It's fascinating. I've, I've not um, seen that one, so I'll, I'll dig that out this week and check it, it out. <laughs> Some of the stories that come out of it are just like, like what? <laughs> oh, that was so. That was the the first floor. I was telling you what I was talking about just then. Yeah, the um, yeah, yeah. he wrestled, he wrestled Ric Flair. Yeah, that match, that match, that show is also available for free on YouTube. Um, oh, nice. WWE don't have it on the network for some reason, even though they've got the rights to it because it's technically a WCW show. Um, yeah. And I don't think New Japan have got it on New Japan World either. I think it is like literally someone's just got like a dodgy, like, vi- like, record. <laughs> someone just filmed it in the crowd and snuck it out of the country. No, it's, it's, it's like a videotaping of it, like from TV, but it's just like. It, it's it's certainly an oddity within wrestling law. Um, apparently, the Anoki Flare match is actually really good as well. I've, I've not watched the whole show. I've just it, it went nearly it, it went nearly fifteen minutes. So yeah, it had, it had a good lot of time. Yeah, but yeah. Um, rest in peace, Antonio Anoki. I hope he's in in heaven, slapping the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah, just giving God <laughs> chest jobs. Love to see it. Uh, right, moving on uh, to UFC Hall of Famer Daniel Cormier, who's been named as guest referee for the fight pit match at Extreme Rules. We are going to talk a little bit about Extreme Rules at the end of the segment, but that's just yeah. a special celebrity sort of... This is quite a big piece of news. Uh, Ken Shamrock had been lobbying to be named it, which I think it, it's weird, isn't it? Ken Shamrock makes more sense from a wrestling standpoint. Yeah. But I think as far as like but well, Daniel Cormier is obviously a bigger name in the world of UFC. I was, was going to say, as far as relevance, like Daniel Cormier is like he literally like retired world champion. Yeah. Um. And he he's been linked with WWE. Apparently, they were trying to get him in the role of Pat McAfee's in on commentary. Oh, okay. Like they they'd actually like given him a tryout. Uh, Fox were quite integral to that. Uh, oh, nice. He's a massive fan. Um. He's teased wanting to actually go into wrestling as well. Maybe this will lead to Seth Rollins versus uh, Daniel Cormier, Blood Money in the Bank. Um, oh, God. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on. From moving that. on, yeah. Um, so, Mike, speaking of Vice TV and Dark Side of the Ring, this isn't Dark Side of the Ring, but uh, Mike Johnson, the PW Insider, reports that Vice TV is currently producing a new documentary about Vince McMahon, which will cover the former WWE chairman's career and his retirement. Uh, apparently, it's going to air in October. What What's interesting about this is that it doesn't seem to be tied to Dark Side of the Ring at all. I don't think they'd let them do a Dark Side of the Ring on Vince McMahon. They'd, if they're doing a fucking documentary, they absolutely let them do a Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> I think the thing, the thing is, obviously, Dark Side of the Ring, the guys, the Dark Side of the Ring guys, are working on a show with with WWE and the show with The Rock as well. As yeah, I don't, I don't think this is going to be an expose. I think this is going to be a fluff piece. Do you reckon? Yeah. Well, the, the fact that the. the Mentioning his retirement would make me think that it's, nah, it's mate. They, they, they're all buddy buddy with WWE, now, aren't they? They've got no, they've got no teeth to bear in this, in this, in this fight. Well, no, that that was that was Vince, wasn't it? It wasn't. It wasn't actually them. I don't know, but I, 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 I would love it if it was an expose. But I think it'll be more of a fluff piece. Well, interestingly, as well, um, which I forgot to 
add on to this. Um, Netflix's documentary that was seemingly cancelled has now been uncancelled. <laughs> um, Quite sure the opposite of what happened to Vince. It got uncancelled. Well, Vince got cancelled. Yeah. Um, again, I think that's going to be more... I think that's going to be more the sort of like fluff piece because Vince was like quite heavily hands on with that. Mm. Whereas they, because they're doing it kind of independently from WWE and from Vince, I think that they, and also Vice like to kind of do like sort of like expose pieces as well. True. I feel like Vice is this is going to be more akin to Dark Side of the Ring without it being Dark Side of the Ring. Do you reckon we'll get Chris Jericho narrating it? Absolutely. <laughs> JR sticking the fucking knife in. Nah, JR won't be on it. He fucking hates it. He said, yeah. he said that the yeah, this is like one like line of a sentence and he's like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> yeah. Um fair. Um bit of injury news, I guess, coming up next. Uh Bobby Roode. Uh, where's Bobby Roode been? He last wrestled like it was June, like, was it? That's what I think he's Yeah, June the twenty fifth, I believe. Yeah, so he's he's been on Instagram and revealed that he underwent medical treatments at Southlake Orthopedics in Birmingham, Alabama. So obviously it's something to do with his back, maybe. You'd think. Um, possibly. I, it looked like, to be honest, it, he like he posted the picture. He was like in a hospital bed, and it looked like he'd had, like undergone some form of like minor surgery. Yeah. Um, it looked like maybe that's something done on his knee. To be honest. All right. But who knows? Uh, either way. Isn't orthopedics specifically back though? I thought orthopedics was joints. Musk it just says orthopedic surgeons are doctors who specialize in the musculoskeletal system, the bones, joints, ligaments, tendons, and muscles that are essential to movement. Yeah. So it so, could be so just just any bone, basically. It, it looked as I say, it looked like it it was something on his knee on the picture he put up on Instagram. And then you know you have like the when you type in orthopedic surgeon and it tells you what they are, and then it says people also ask, and one of the things is who is the best who is the best orthopedic surgeon in Sri Lanka? Fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, there's, if you need, there's a lot of joint problems in Sri Lanka. <laughs> if you if you need, I mean, a lot of cricket mate, you know, a lot of lot of lot of muscle injuries, I'd imagine. Um, so you talk about someone who isn't a good doctor. I mean, speaking of doctors, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Johnson of PW Insiders, he's breaking all the scoops this week, Mike, um, has reported that WWE's senior ringside physician, Dr. Chris Oman, has exited the company. A man reportedly gave his notice some time ago and re- retired from his position in September. Uh, I, hope, I, hope they, uh, I hope they gave him a Z-Pack as a leaving gift. <laughs> For anyone who, who thinks I know that name, he sounds familiar. Um, that was the doctor that Basically, got into a legal battle with CM Punk Colca Banner. Um, because he refused to treat his staff infection, yeah. Uh, he got accused of malpractice, um, but still kept on with the company. Also, and, 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 and he and Punk won as well, yeah. Um, also, apparently, which was wild, was that uh, and it, it, I, I don't know if this has got anything to do with him suddenly retiring, is that apparently he was. Uh, having a relationship with one of the women's wrestlers. All right. Well, I can name one, um, which kind of like led to a bit of a conflict of interest, obviously. Um, yeah, you can see why that that happened, yeah. Yeah. Um, but especially given the whole Vince stuff coming, going around at the moment. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to see that the time and that. Um, yeah. 
not more to say about that. I'm surprised he, he lost. I can't couple, believe he was but, still there. <laughs> well, given given that he lost the fucking lawsuit, yeah, absolutely. Like seven years ago. Yeah. Like uh, given that he lost the lawsuit, which basically said he wasn't doing his job properly. Yeah. I mean that is that is pure cronyism, that isn't it? If he if they kept him around. Um yeah, I mean that being said, they had the fucking the doctor a George George Zahorian who was like an integral part of the steroid trial. They had they had him appearing in interviews on TV. I mean on WTV talking about giving fucking wrestlers steroids. So you know who's replaced him? Dr. Nick. <laughs> um fuck knows. Um well I one thing I didn't realise as well was uh, they used to have it, you know, Doc Samson from AEW. Yeah. He used to be in that role. All right. What for WWE? Yeah. All right. Fair. I mean, he literally let Mahari carry on with a concussion, so... Yeah, and he's a bit of a cardio as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then. Uh, right, we'll move on. That's it for news. Uh, we'll have a quick break. We'll have some Ramstein if you're on Jack's radio. Um, we'll be back in two seconds to talk you through WWE Raw and SmackDown. And we're back. Okay, we'll start out this week's WWE Raw. Uh, because it's Raw, and of course, how else can you start Raw? You've got to have... Bianca Belair, Asuka and Alexa Bliss coming out to make a promo and then damage control interrupting them because if it's not one interrupting the other it's the other way around yeah anything to, I mean I, I did catch a little bit of this um, and it basically finished with Bianca Belair and Bailey are going to fight aren't they for the title yeah um, the, I think this got announced last week didn't it that it's Bianca Belair and Bailey in a ladder match Um and yeah, basically Bianco's it this is all it basically this is all just kind of leading to Bianca and Airmates versus one of damage control. This is how these segments all go. This one led to Bianca and EO, which was a very fun match. Yeah, so Bianca really defeats EO Sky. It's just kind of but unfortunate because you don't obviously Bianca can't lose because she's got to go into the third to the pay per view with the title and the momentum. But EO also, like, you know, she's just become tag team champion again. You know, she, she needs to be booked quite strong. They need to sort of get her over. Yeah, I think with her being, like, part of, like, with, with her being basically part of, like, the a side part, like, the damage control versus Bianca Belair storyline. She's quite expendable in this position, unfortunately. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and to be fair, they do this in AW as well. They, they always say, like, obviously, she's a tag team wrestler and she's going up against a single specialist. So it's a little different to it. You know, it's not quite, she's just outside of her comfort zone a little bit. So it kind of makes sense that she, that she loses. So, yeah. yeah. Although, although on commentary, they did make a big deal of the fact that EO was a former um, NXT Women's Champion. Yeah, for a long but, time. Yeah, as well. for, for a long time. So, there was that as well. Uh, right. Next up, we had a Rey Mysterio interview where he basically said he he would still forgive Dom if you know it all came back. He, he's not he's not closing the door on him. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've completely forgotten about this. Like he basically I, said he, he basically I, said he'd, he basically I, said he'd forgive Dominic, uh, but he won't forgive Seth Rollins because he's a piece of shit. Effectively, yeah. I, I had I had zero recollection of that. Like whole thing. <laughs> do you remember do you remember the match? Because the match was a pretty big one. Oh I remember the match. Um I just I just forgotten about Ray having an interview before and um yeah. Uh next up do you like do you like the judgment day? 
Well, you're going to see a lot of them this episode. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to watch it. It's all about the judgment, Damien. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, so yeah. Oh, before we before we get to the match, the Miz has his. I mean, I love this. The Miz has his like ace security team. Oh, Hand picked the finest men available. He, he offered them all instead of actual payment. He offered them all a role in the Marine Seven. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and, and two thousand Miz books and <laughs> nominal cash value. So it's 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 like worth like a, just like a corner off in a card book. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the whole Miz and Loomis thing was great this week. I saw, I, I saw both these segments and I, I enjoyed both of them a lot. Yeah, like it's it's genuinely one of my favorite things that WWE is doing at the moment. Um, and it, it's weird to say WWE are getting a lot right at the moment, um, given the fact that the the track record prior to. Triple H taking over was difficult. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Miz, Miz has got a security team. I'm sure everything's going to be absolutely fine with them. Oh, um, yeah. I'm sure they're going to have a great time. And next up then, Seth Rollins defeated Rey Mysterio because the Judgment Day interfered. So on on the entrances for this and also throughout the night on the announce table was a QR, uh, right. QR code. So on, on the announce table was a QR code for but also, like, through the entrance, the one flashed up on the screen, I believe it was on Ray's entrance. Um, that led us to a White Rabbit TikTok video, which was fucking mental. Um, it, it also, um, quite notably, within the source code, had the lines, no man is ever truly good, no man is ever truly evil. Yeah. But everyone talking about Alistair Black, it ain't Alistair Black. It's just... It's, they, they've been th- they've been kind of peppering in a few little red herrings just to kind of like throw you off the scent of Bray. Yeah, but it's Bray. Um, what was interesting with this was it was the whole "Who Killed the World?" You did, but it was like spliced together WWE clips, very very similar to the start of the Firefly Funhouse match with like the the WWE sort of video reel really did at the start of it. And it's, oh, um, what, if, what if Bray comes back and it's just like him and Cena fighting out the fire Pilgrim has? Uh, I, I still... I would love that. That's still my fa- one of my favourite matches of all time. Yeah, I'm still mad that when Cena came back, he didn't like show that he was affected from the Firefly Funhouse. He just acted like it never happened. He, he like, addressed it once. He should have come out then. as NWO, Cena. I, I thought he should have come out and he was like a bit like shook by everything. Like He, he just kept losing, like going into a trance and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. The basically it, it kind of again pointed towards SmackDown. Uh, the the big thing was there was the zip code to Corbin, Kentucky. Um, mm. In Corbin, Kentucky, there is a White Rabbit Records. Um, they've got a YouTube channel that they've had for fifteen years. They've never. <laughs> they they'd only put the video to White Rabbit on there, and then at the same time this drop, they put another video, which give you um another zip code, which took you to Windham Main, right. or Windham, comma Emmy, um just you know to add to that. Uh, fun fun fact about Corbin Kentucky before we move on as well. Uh, Baron Corbin was. Uh, Bray cult leader Bray Wyatt's last last opponent before he became the fiend, and his last 
successful title defense was in when he was on it, when he was the Universal Champion was in Corbin, Kentucky against the Miz. All right. So are you saying that Baron Corbin is involved in the White Rose? Well, there's 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 potential. He's been took off TV, and also there was. We'll talk about the SmackDown one in a bit, but there was a lot of like wolf connotations. So, should we prepare ourselves for Happy Wyndham? Happy Wyndham would be amazing. Um, <laughs> I, so, it it seems to me like they're kind of alluding more to it being a faction than just Wyndham. Right, okay. But, obviously, he's like the kind of... He's the head of the snake, so to speak. Um... Yeah, very, very, again, very interesting. We'll go into this map now when we get to it. Yeah, right. How was the Rollins Mysterio match? Any good? It was as good as a Rollins Mysterio match is going to be, which is always good. Yeah, fair. Uh, after the match, we showed uh, Riddle was watching it on a monitor and Lashley appeared behind him, gave him a little scare, and was like, yeah, just bathroom, basically. Yeah. Um, he, he, he did he did sort of like say, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't interfere in my business again or I'll fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, fair. I kind of want to see Lashley versus Riddle in the uh, fight fifth. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, also, um, one thing about Seth and Ray's match was when Ray was coming out, uh, Seth put his hand over his eye and was like dancing around. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that's the eye for an eye for you, isn't it? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, let's move on then. Uh, next um, up, Johnny Gargano and KO defeated the Alpha Academy. I mean, I'm guessing this fucked. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. It was uh, the, the reun- reunion of Panda Express. Yes. Um, uh, they, they meant, what was cool was they mentioned this on commentary. Um, <laughs> Corey, Corey Graves turned around and went, these two guys think they're in Reseda. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, a, a lot of references there to PWG and CM Punk's press conference. Yeah, um, yeah, this was a really fun match. Um, I have a, on good authority that Johnny Gargano shares a bank account with his mother. <laughs> that tells you all you need to know about him. <laughs> Here's the bank account with his mother. Um, yeah, this this was really fun. Uh, I I really like the whole kind of teaming up every now and again of Johnny Gargano and Kevin Owens. Um, I, I like everything Alpha Academy's doing. They're fucking awesome. Yeah, um, theory tried to get involved, but couldn't. He did. Quite. Um. Also, after this, there was like a little backstage thing where Chad Gable was like just shit talking Braun, and then Theory's phone starts ringing. It's Braun, and he's like, "I'm going to kill you on Braun next week." Fair. Chad Gable had an existential crisis. Nice. Right, after this, then uh, Amos has squashed two jobbers. I mean. Are they still they still haven't worked out what to do with the match, have they? Uh the teasing that he's gonna be having a match with Braun at some point, probably God. in Saudi. That's gonna be uh that's gonna be the most mobile match I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. It's gonna make Braun Strowman look like Phoenix. <laughs> remember um remember Great Carly versus Kane, yeah, it's gonna be the same oh, kind God. of it. Uh next up then, remember Mr. Security team. Yep, they're all dead. Yeah. So what what was cool? This was like throughout the night. There was like the odd member of Miz's security team who just found like backstage, and then Miz like Miz saw them and then panicked and ran to his room, and like goes in and like they're all dead. Um, the, so he, he's in like the Edmonton Oilers like trophy room. Yeah, and there was a 
what looked like a statue of a, an Oilers player. It was like a dummy, wasn't it, wearing a kit or something? It was like... Yeah, which turned out to be Dexter Loomis. Um, yeah. And he walks in silence on the maze and then strokes his head like the creepy pair of ideas. Yep. Yeah, good fun. Uh, next up, Nikki Ash has a mystery opponent, and it's Candice LeRae. She's back. Well, what was cool about this was on on the um, kind of like run sheet, it was listed as Dewdrop versus Nikki Ash. Mm. And Fightful selected, but something out saying it's weird that they put two tag team partners against each other without any kind of build whatsoever. And I was thinking that I was like, that is odd. Like they, they've literally teamed like last week. They've not split up. The fuck. And then obviously it was because it was like a bait and switch because it was Candice LeRae. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not a very long match. Uh, obviously, Candice's first match in like two years because she's been pregnant. Yeah. Uh, she she looked great. She didn't look like she missed a beat. Yeah. At she, all. she won pretty handily as well. Yeah. Um. After the match, uh, Nikki Ash took off her mask and sat in the ring crying, kind yeah. of, kind of teasing that she's going to go back to more like Nikki Cross sanity sort of vibes. Yeah, which is fine. Give me, give me that. That's, that's great. That signed demo and after two of them as like a full power, like crazy power couple, please. Them, them two against Scarlet and Karrion Cross. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next up, Sami Zayn defeated AJ Styles after a little bit of interference from Solo Sokoa. To the surprise of absolutely no one, this was a banger. Yeah. This was fucking awesome. It was so good. Um, yeah, after the match as well, um, the Judgment Day come out and try to try to entice um, AJ to join and AJ says no, they beat the shit out of him, and then Riddle comes down and like makes the save. Um which then leads to his match with Priest, which he won quite handily. Oh nice. Again, a lot of judgment day on the show. It's been a bit of a, a free a, a fixture for the last few weeks now, a lot of judgment day. My my theory behind it is that the White Rabbit stuff's tying into Judgment Day somehow. Right. I don't know whether that means they're gonna kind of like the White Rabbit's going to be leading Judgment Day, they're or gonna, either, yeah, they're going to feud with him, or they're going to be led by him, him or, or something. Um, but it, it's definitely like all, all of all of the kind of videos they've put out so far are sort of a pointing in that direction. Um. So yeah, we'll 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 see what goes on with that. Yeah. Um, Post match, Edge comes out, um, makes the save, and challenges Finn Balor when I quit match. Oh, fair. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fun. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, then we'll quickly run through SmackDown and then we'll get through. We're a bit short on time here, but we'll run through SmackDown and then we'll run through Extreme Rules real quick uh, around this section off. Uh, so we start out with Tag Match, Solo Sokoa and Sami Zayn defeating Mad Cat Moss and Ricochet. Solo doing murders. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then after after this, um, Jey Uso basically tries to stop Sami from going into the Bloodline locker room. And Sami's like, Roman said on Bloodline, do you want me to call? Basically pulls rank on Jay and says, do you want me to call Roman? You're not seeing the t-shirt, mate. He's on a race. Yeah. Um, and Jay's just kind of like stewing. Uh, there was a carrying cross vignette, just him and Scarlet dancing in an alleyway. Um, it was weird, but it was, it was good. It was just yeah. weird. Uh, at the end of that, there was the Q, a QR code for the White Rabbit. Um, it led to a Disney's Three Little Pigs video. Um, it was like 
the three little pigs down like singing the songs and then it was cut into like abattoirs with pigs like on hooks there was a, a bit that flashed up of like the big bad wolf which was again the Corbin kind of connotations there it's just like one of those videos that like auto plays when kids watch youtube and like gives them fucking nightmares like in the middle of like pepper pig and stuff yeah it was actually <laughs> uh, a couple of interesting things with this so there was like a white rabbit in the bottom corner the picture file for that was ts uh ts s10 eo6 which was literally the simpsons series 10 episode 6 that episode of the simpsons has white rabbit featured in the episode yeah. Um, which again, just like little things, isn't it? Um, also, there was, I think there was like a phone number or something within the, within the source code, um, which, if you called it, took you to like a voicemail, which was playing backwards. If you played that the right way round, it says, um, in the phonetic alphabet, it spells out Bel Air, and then it says, um. I am the I am the way to the city of woe. I am the way to darkness or some some shit like that. Yeah. Um, someone pitch shifted this and it's Bray speaking it, um, which is the key thing with kind of like the smoking gun. Um, and there was something else which I can't remember now, so we'll move on. Oh yeah, um, also with the White Rabbit Records thing, um, people said if you if you call them up. And say to a member of staff, feed your head. They've been told to say, let him in. Um no so yeah. It, again, more more Bray. It's just it's very clever, isn't it? Yeah. Um and the the only other thing which happened a little bit later on, but I'll just address it now, was um while Michael Cole and Corey Graves were on commentary, um someone someone walked up with a sign behind them which had the white rabbit on it. Um, oh, right, okay. Which said, revel in what you are, which Bray had tweeted out a picture of the fiend in 2019 saying revel in what you are. So again, a lot of lot of signs pointing to him to being the big man. Um moving on from that, uh Drew had the match with Austin Theory. Um quite sure one by DQ when Alpha Academy attacked them. Um Gargano and KO made the save, set up a six man tag later in the match. Um Maximum male models attempted a they, they teased it was going to be a tag title match and like Max Dupree made up about it. And then they're like, we're gonna go for the Canadian posing record. Um and then that leads to them just posing throughout the show right. backstage, backstage shenanigans with that. Um Hit Row defeated Los Lotharios in what was a very inconsequential nothing match. <laughs> um Ronda Rousey defeated Natalia. Main talking point of this was Liv Morgan trying to attack with a baseball bat after the match, which led to a very long, it's like maybe too long. I'm guessing Liv Morgan couldn't though because she's not extreme, and that's the whole point of the match. And then going in, no, Ronda just caught the the baseball bat, and then she was like, "I don't need this," and just threw it away. And then if Liv if Liv was more extreme, she would have hit it properly, you know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it ended up with them brawling. Uh, Liv slightly got the upper hand in the brawl. Oh, right, okay, cool. Um, there was a bit backstage with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, um, where like Sami's just like texting someone. He goes up to Sami and looks at his shirt and goes, "You need a new shirt." And again, just kind of teasing that KO knows what's best for Sami. Yeah, when Sami thinks the Bloodliner is friends. Um, really good Imperium in ring segment where um, 
they basically talk about the Donny Brook match that's happening at Extreme Rules. Sheamus comes down the ring with the shillelagh um, on his own because the Brawling Brutes are um, stuck in Florida with the Hurricane. Um, Ian, not Shane. Um, and yeah, Sheamus gets three on one attack by Imperium after trying to fight them off with the shillelagh. Uh, they did an announcement for Antonio Noki's death mid broadcast because it happened during SmackDown. Yeah. Um, which was cool because uh, the reason I put this was because Corey Graves actually addressed the sort of like the phantom title win that Noki had, where he, he beat, um, I want to say it was Ric Flair, or he, he beat he beat somebody for the um, the WWE title. But it, it was never recognized. Oh, it was uh, Bob Backlund. It was a Backlund. Yeah, it was during Backlund's five year reign, and they, they basically said it didn't because he, he then beat someone else and then refused the title, basically, and they, they vacated it. Yeah. Um, and then Backlund won it back. So they said he had it the whole time. Yeah. Um, but it was cool that they actually announced it. Um, again, lots of, lots of sort of referencing. Um, Things that Anoki had done outside of the WWE umbrella. Um, I'm pretty sure they, they mentioned New Japan. Like, say, they founded New Japan. Just cool that they're acknowledging like other companies. That's my big takeaway with that. That's why I thought I'd kind of include that to sort of highlight that. Yeah. Next, Bailey beat Shotty. Um, big talking point of this was Shotty come back with a tank. Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and it's got loads of pyros on it now. So it was quite cool. Um, she's still TCB still TCB um, maximum male models are about to break the record as like Maxine du- Dupree's counting down like 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 um, Max Dupree attacks Mansoir and Marseille um, and then he's like shouting at them uh, he takes his maximum male ma- models belt off and says this isn't working for me to be honest with you, I don't think it ever did. And then just goes, yeah, and walks off. So, oh, okay. LA Knight is coming. Um, LA Knight's there. Yeah. And then the main event uh, drew Johnny Gargano and Kevin Owens defeated Theory and Alpha Academy. Uh, interestingly, Michael Cole referenced that Drew McIntyre and Johnny Gargano were evolved tag team champions. Um, and then Corey Graves, like you can see that on the WWE network. So, again, Cool thing, plugging uh, sort of like their indie ties, stuff that's happened outside the company. This is a fun match after the match. Uh, Drew, Drew hit a really cool claim, more like literally out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and then after the match, he just beats the piss out of Austin Theory with the strap. I mean, uh, you, you love to see it. You love to see it. Drew McIntyre is for the children, much like Wu-Tang. Um, and yeah, let's run down Extreme Rules very, very quickly. <laughs> Yes, very quick. Um, so first off, we've got as we talked about um, women's fact that women's title extreme rules match. Ronda Rousey be Liv Morgan. Can Liv Morgan do extreme? I think Ronda's going to murder. I mean, it's it's it gives her an out, doesn't it? Because like, yeah, extreme rules and whatnot. Uh, as we've then got seen, you got the strap match. Drew McIntyre be carrying cross. Quite excited for that. Didn't think I would be, but I'm quite excited for. It. Again, we talked about it during this. It's set up this week. Um, Edgy Finn Balor and I quit match. That'll be fun. That'll be a lot of uh, a lot of technical wrestling in that one. Yeah. I, I I think this is that's well. To be honest, this is the most excited I've been for a WWE show in a long time. Considering how shit last year's Extreme Rules was, as well, this one looks quite good. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this. Uh, you've got Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle in a fight pit match with special guest referee Denu Cormier. Have you have you watched either of the fight pits that have happened previously? No, I'm not in either of them. So this will be that'll be interesting. Are you going to go back and watch either of them? I might do if I get time. I'd I'd strongly recommend for anyone who's not seen it. I did say this last week. Yeah, uh, Amaso Champa versus Timothy Thatcher one was that's probably the one I'll check out. To be fair, it was very very good. Uh, then we've got the war the, the raw women's title ladder match: Bailey versus Bianca Belair. That'll slap. There'll be some KODs off the ladders, I'm sure, and, and bits and bobs. I think Bailey wins that. It'll switch both the women's titles. Someone show. I think Liv's more likely to retain than ba- than Bianca. Right, okay. And then, I mean, I don't know what the main event's going to be, but this is, what, this is what's listed last, which is the good old-fashioned Donnybrook I, I think, I versus think the Brawny Brutes. I think Ronda versus Liv's going to be the main. Because again, Rowan ain't showing up for this, is he? So. Mm. Or potentially, I suppose they could have Edge and Finn if that. I, I think White Rabbit needs to end the show because it's going to overshadow everything else, isn't it? Obviously. Um, oh, that was the that was the other thing. Uh, the White Rabbit tease on SmackDown basically pointed to Extreme Rules. Right, okay. Um, it, they're doing a very good job of literally all the teasers. You're saying, please watch the next show. And like... Yeah, it, it's, it's cool though, because uh, people have been moaning about it, but the way I've been looking at it is it's literally going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. We've gone to see what we're doing on the next show. Like, I'm... I, I've not been this invested in what do you be doing as as this for fucking years. Pro- probably since Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. Fair enough. There's a lot. Sound uh, right. That's gonna wrap us up for the WWE section. Did, we'll did have you a... to say what the Donnybrook match was. It just I don't guess what is a Donnybrook match? Can you tell me anything uh, about that? It, it's yeah, it's basically so Drew and Seamus had one. Uh I didn't watch it. Sarah told me though it was very good. Um it was basically just a no holds bar match. Right, okay. It's just it's just gonna be like a tornado six man tag brawl. It's gonna be like like the like the AEW sting matches essentially. Yeah. But it's gonna be Walter chopping the souls out of people. Sound. Sweet. Right, that's gonna wrap it up for the WWE section. Uh, if you're mm. on Jacks, we'll have a quick break, we'll have some typo negative and some news, and then we'll be back for some AEW. Rare treat. And we're back. Okay, so first off, a little bit of AEW news for you this week. Not, 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 not a massive amount, not the, but not the biggest news week. But there's some bits and bobs. Uh, so first of all, something interesting that Max Caster of the Acclaimed has filed to trademark the term "the People's Choice." Uh, interestingly, this was the nickname that Anthony Bowens used before he joined the company. Ooh. So yeah, I don't know if that's going to be. I mean, obviously they're going on this thing, aren't they? They were the uncrowned champions for a bit, and now they're like the, the people love them. They're the champions. It's all going uh, well. They they were the people's choice to win the tag titles. I, I don't I don't think they would have took the belts off Swerve and our glory had they not got the reception they got all out. Yeah, they got they got themselves so over that you sort of had to put the belts on them. It was it was one of them, wasn't it? Yeah. Um good on them. Uh next up, uh AEW president Tony Tarn uh, Tony Khan, Tony Tarn. Tony Khan <laughs> recently tweeted that Roosh has signed a full time deal with the company. Mm. I mean, this was after his Really strong showing against John Moxley a few weeks back, which was excellent. And he's wrestling Hangman on Dynamite next week, which whew. yeah, it's we'll talk about his match with John oh. Silver as well this week on Rampage. It was very good. He's, he's, had, a, yeah, he's had, a, I, had a good few months. I think like I'm so su- I was surprised they hadn't announced it already when like obviously they they debuted them with quite a lot of fanfare, didn't they? Um, 
Yeah. Is it is uh, it wrong that I prefer him over Andrade? No, because I do. <laughs> I, I well, interestingly, like when it was losing over Nablays, Roosh was the leader, not oh, Andrade. Right, okay. If I remember rightly. Or he, he he certainly took over after Andrade went to WWE. Um yeah. it, the guy's so fucking talented though, isn't he? And he we we say this like every week <laughs> when you when you you see Rouge, there's just something up. He's got like that X factor, hasn't he? He's got yeah, that like you, you can't take your eyes off him in the ring. He's just the way, the way he moves, the way he wrestles, like everything he does is just unmissable. It's 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 so good. So good. Uh, speaking of Mexican wrestlers and contracts, Dave Meltzer also reported that Bandido has been offered a full time AW contract, and it was offered to him immediately following his match with Chris Jericho this week on Dynamite. He also said um, in that same statement that WWE were basically trying to get his contact details during that match. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so while it's not been confirmed that Bandido has signed for AW, it seems like he has given the fact that Tony Khan meets him on the stage and like Bandido gives him like a big bear hug. Yeah. They're but no like, official word. He's not all elite yet. There's no graphic. There's no nothing. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, if I'm Bandido, I'm waiting to see what WWE offer just in case they... Just, Throw a shed load of money on him, yeah. And he's bargaining shit, but then he the, too the, could be in Los Lotharians. Yeah. Well, that, interestingly, I saw I, I saw um, a tweet from someone who said if he goes to WWE, they'll unmask him and they'll just give him two like Spanish names just thrown together, and he'll, he just won't be as special as he, he is when he's bandied. It'll up. be like Senor Caliente. <laughs> I, I think. I think it was sort of like Ramirez Rodriguez that someone put. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it. I mean, the match with Jericho, we'll, we'll talk about it in depth in a bit, but fuck me, like, well earned. He made the impression, didn't he? Certainly. That, that, we, we've known it for a while, that Bandy, that was very good. Yeah. Um, but like, this felt like an absolute, like, marquee performance. Also, one one thing that they come out about this um, today, actually, was that he lost his gear? Yes, he uh, did. Yeah, he had to scramble together at the last minute because of Hurricane Ian. He, yeah, he had he had a he had a mask he had a mask like with him. Luckily, but he basically had to go around. So he like bought like a pair of like white jeans, uh, and the the tape he was wearing was literally just masking tape. Yeah, I also but, saw. Um, want to give him some athletic tape. I also saw a picture this week of him during the pandemic, um, helping old people in Mexico get vaccines. Oh, he was guy. pushing an old woman in a wheelchair in like a vaccine center, helping out a load of luchadors apparently with that and just helped out for a bit because there was no wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, other, other than a few unfortunate things that that like he did after speaking out, um, with he seems like an like, yeah, there, was, there was a bit of cultural, he, but he, even that, like, he, his, his explanation was, well, he helped me kind of like settle in to like. When I was traveling abroad, so that's why I kind of thought I'd get, do him a solid. Like, his heart's in the right place. It's just kind of like, make, yeah, come on. Like, yeah, but he's a bit of a sex person. He? He, um, a bit of a bad. So, you know. Uh, like, last bit of AW news, also some contract information. Well, not not definite contract information, but uh, according to PW Insider, AW have a quote, massive interest in bringing in Juice Robinson as often as possible. Uh, obviously, Juice recently revealed he's no longer working with New Japan Pro Wrestling and he wrestled John Moxley this week on Dynamite. So. Well, he, he, it's it's a bit of a grey area there. So he said 
He said he was no longer under contract. Yeah. But he's still in the Bullet Club. He's still like doing appearances. He's just not contractually applied yeah, to Bullet Club for 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 for, for, for life. Yeah, unless it's Tamatanga. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um so he he's still technically about it makes sense that Juice would be showing up a lot more in AW given the fact that his wife works for And it was nice they both got to wrestle on the same show as well, which was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean to be honest for people who don't know, um, he's married to Tony Stone. Yeah. To be honest, with Juice, he's come on leaps and bounds since like leaving WWE. Um it one one interesting fact about it was when he left WWE and he, he was like offered just a normal New Japan contract, and he, he opted to go through the Young Lions program. Yeah. And of, like, improve his fundamentals first. Um, <clears throat> he's, again, he's another guy. He's got he's just got kind of something about him, hasn't he? Um, like, can't, can't put my finger on what it is, but there's definitely, like, something there that's like, yeah, you should, he's a guy who should be on TV every week. Yeah. So if anyone's, um, can't remember, Juice Robinson in WWE, he was CJ Parker. Parker. He was like the the sort of Greenpeace guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, most most notably, he broke Kevin Owens' nose on his debut. Yeah. He, well, he was Kevin Owens' first opponent, and Kevin yeah. Owens just <laughs> annihilated him. He he, he hit Kev- the only kind of move of offense he got on Kevin Owens was he hit with a fucking Liger palm strike, and uh, Kevin Owens then proceeded to murder him with a, with a fucking exploded nose. Following on from that, he also lost the debuting Solomon Crow, aka Sammy Callahan. And his final appearance was a losing effort to Hideo Itami, the obviously yeah. better known as Kenta. Yeah, he actually asked for his release as well. Um, he, he wasn't fired. Yes. Um, one thing that as well that was quite interesting with him and Mox facing each other was he was Mox's first post-WWE opponent in a match where he just got murdered by John Moxley. Yeah. Um, it's a very good match. Like, if you get the opportunity to go see it, it's really good. Would recommend it. Um, just Mox coming out and fucking brutalizing him. He does, however, technically hold a victory over John Moxley as well. Two, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he holds two in New Japan. He's yeah, the... um, he, he beats him in. Um, he beats what well, he, he pinned Will Osprey in that four-way match that Mox was in to win the US title, didn't he? Yeah. Um. Yeah, like it, it, he's he's also like just a really good talker. Like his promo after um, John Moxley's first match um, in New Japan was amazing. Where he's like, he's, he's where he's like he's changed. He's not he's not Dean Ambrose anymore. And he's like, yeah. and he made made sure he purged all the CJ Robinson out of me, big Parker out of me. Um, and he's like got bite marks on his forehead. Um, he's bleeding it's fucking great just it's it's a, it's a weird little feud they've got but it works so well yeah i like i like that the and and yeah and we'll talk more about their match in a bit as well um it was really really fun yeah. uh right speaking of which uh we'll wrap it up for the news there if you're on jacks you can have some coheating camera we'll have a quick break and we'll be back in a few seconds to talk about dynamite and rampage okay and we're back uh so dynamite this week Starts with um, the Jericho Appreciation Society. I mean, this is what they do so well, isn't it? These big pompous sort of self-aggrandizing celebrations. So this is the celebration of Jericho winning the Ring of Honor title. Yeah. Um, They're all dressed in purple. Looks like they've killed Grimace. 
so so someone put on a on Twitter that Chris Jericho looks like he skinned Grimace and wearing him as a tooth. Luigi Primo's there. He he make it the best pizza. He make it the pizza from New York though, which the crowd booze because it's in Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, and also like Matt Menard was just being brilliant with him. <laughs> yeah, who kicked him in the face? Someone kicked him in the face again. Ars- who? Garcia. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he didn't kick him. He just like gave him like a fucking massive forearm and just, just killed, him. smacked him. Yeah, and he just he just went down like he'd been shot and just didn't move for like the next ten minutes, which was brilliant. Um, love to see that. Uh, Danielson, um, not Danielson. Daniel Garcia is trying to tell Jericho something, but Jericho gives him a gift. It's a purple bucket hat, which is very fetching. Yeah, he, he doesn't look happy about it. No, it ends up in Matt Menard's possession, according to Twitter. If you uh, if you follow Matt yeah, Menard on Twitter. Matt, uh, they put a picture of Denny one man's trash, another man's treasure. Yeah. Uh, so Danielson comes out and like basically Garcia is on the verge of telling Jericho he wants to leave, and Jericho is like, "Yeah, if you say this, there's no turning back now. Don't say it because if you do, I'll bat you." And so they basically set up uh, Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara for next week. Yeah. And then, but then yeah, Danielson's like, "Well, I want to wrestle someone tonight," and then he just points at Matt Menard and he's like, "Yeah, what about you? Let's go." Yeah. Well, yeah, he's, he's, he says, like, oh, yeah, Tony Khan's give me an open contract to wrestle whoever I want. Yeah. Because uh, he comes out with Regal, doesn't he? Which was, like, a bit, oh, what, what's going on here? And he's got, uh, his, gear, he's got his gear on. He's, like, he's, he's ready to go. Yeah. And Daddy Magic says he wants to punch Danielson in the face. And he's like, well, <laughs> you're my opponent then. <laughs> yeah. And then they have a really good match, a uh, really fun match. Yeah. Um, Matt Menard's cheating, trying to cheat his balls off. Obviously, Angelo Parker's out there helping him. But Danielson is just too good, basically. Yeah, um, does a bit of a mad run, Matt Menard. Yeah, was this match or was it the Juice Robbins- Robinson one where Regal's flirting with Excalibur? Oh, it was this one where he said, um, you could snap, crackle, and pop him anytime. Yeah, old man in the mask. Um, he calls him a lovely Rice crispy. Yeah, <laughs> a Rice crispy treat, I think he calls him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Incred- incredible stuff. Um, one so- of my- Stories and all of wrestling with Regal and Excalibur. I'm gonna say if, if it like I don't know, Revolution doesn't end with them just deep kissing, then I, I'm I'm gonna be so upset. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, really really fun match. Danielson obviously does Danielson things. Yeah, sort of twist Matt Menard all over the place. Eventually gets the win. Uh, next up we have Wheeler Uther. A lot of BCC in this episode. Wheeler Uther out for a yeah. um out for a promo, and he does all right. He's a hometown boy, so the crowd are behind him. He's not. The finished article on the mic. I don't think. I think he's got a ways to go. I I think though, like one one thing that was kind of it, it this this was heavily criticised on social media. Like, oh yeah, youth is not ready. But it's like one thing that's kind of been overlooked is he's not going to get better if he doesn't exactly. Yeah, if he doesn't do this, like you can't just you can't just lock him in an empty room and expect him to get better at promos. Yeah, like AEW don't have a performance center like WWE do. They can't. They can't have like promo classes like for like a day of the week. Yeah, like, they, they, this is basically him getting his reps in. So it's, I, I thought this was perfectly adequate as as a as a I, promo. Uses promos aren't bad. Like I think he, he holds his own in them like more than enough. Yeah. MGF comes out then after this to interrupt him. Um, he tries his best to get as much heat as possible with the Philly fans, insults their sports teams, all the usual stuff. Comes um, out in a match shirt, doesn't he? Come out in a match shirt, yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically, the, the, Phillies, the Phillies will never win another World Series. 
Um, it basically sets up that him and Ryuta are going to wrestle next week. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. This is MGF sort of like working his way through the Blackpool Combat Club to sort of get into Mox's head, which I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for. He, I tell you, he's not going to fucking wrestle though. He ain't going near Danielson. No. Dan- or Claudio. I don't think he'll go near Claudio. Oh, think speaking of the BCC, sorry, just to jump back to the Brian match, uh, shout out to the bit in the match where Claudio comes out and fucking scoops up Angelo Parker and carries him off like the BFG. <laughs> but as as Joe, who he's from Dammit Vince and Hallmark of Greatness, but he also appears on our NXT podcast pretty much as a regular now. Yeah. Uh, he said he didn't know that wife beats Claudio would do things to him. <laughs> <laughs> that was exceptional. Uh, yes, I, I mean this. This MGF segment was good as well. A follow up from last week. It, it set the match for next week. It did. It did what it needed to do. It was. Uh, yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, next up, then we have John Moxley defeats Juice Robinson in a eliminator match. A really fun match. Moxley wins within a, within a cross arm breaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this was really good. Like. Juice felt like a legitimate threat to Moxley. Yeah, throughout the whole match, um, he, he took him. He took him everywhere. He went outside and he was fighting him on the floor and like going doing like the, the Moxley things, which Moxley's normally really good at. But Juice was trying to yeah. meet him on his terms, which sometimes doesn't work for people. But here it really did. Yeah. Um. Before the match, they did a really good like video promo of Juice as well, saying like he's known Moxley for twelve years and he hates him. Um, yeah. He's like, I've never liked you. Uh, Again, Juice is a really good promo. Ed Regal did a really good job on commentary as well of kind of like illustrating the fact that, oh yeah, I've known this guy for a long time. So is John. Um, yeah. They've never liked each other. Um, and yeah, it, it it was, as I say, it was a really good match. Um, they've, they've just got really good chemistry together on the Mox and Juice. Yeah, absolutely. After Mox gets the win, uh, Hangman pops out to sort of set up the match for the 18th of October, Cincinnati. Um, he hands Mox the title, doesn't he? And it's all like big atmosphere, like real, real nice. Then MJF interrupts them. He's up in the box, in like a luxury box with a poker chip and he's sort of running his mouth and then all of a sudden Utah just appears behind him like the fucking Babadook and just <laughs> annihilates him. Yeah, I love the fact that they literally like fought like into the st- into the stand. <laughs> yeah, so Utah just rails on Jeff behind and he just goes flying into the people in front of him. Yeah, and then like literally Utah's like standing like a row over him, just beating the shit out of MJF and MJF's like stuck between like a row. <laughs> yeah, it was good fun. Uh, it was it reminded me a lot of the um the Cody Jericho feud from year one. I I thought that like it was it was a good little callback to like. Cody and Jericho brawling in the stands. Yeah, so that was fun. Uh, next up, we had a Soraya promo, which was fine. Yeah. Fine. It was a bit rusty. Oh. And by her own admission, Soraya said, you know, she, she was on Twitter and she's like, yeah, I've not done this for a while. You know, I was a bit rusty. Fair enough. I, my issue is with it wasn't that. My issue with it was it was just weird. It was... I felt like it, it was odd that she, like, she come out and immediately... Was like, don't be counting me down. Like, I'll I'll take as long as I want. I was like, you've literally been out like two. Like, you, you've been talking for ten seconds. Like, they're not they're not going to be counting you down. Felt like a bit of a kind of like meta thing about mm. about like which she, she was sort of trying to take a bit of credit for the women's revolution in AW as well, which she hasn't really done anything yet. Which is a bit yeah, weird. It, it gave me very much like Stephanie McMahon when she was like, oh look, it's the women's revolution vibes, mm. and it was like it felt very forced and. 
on on one side, like the plus side to it, it was like, oh, brilliant! They're giving a lot of women a, a showcase, like yeah, because she called out the women's roster and like the four women that could make it because the hurricane turned up. Yeah, all the baby faces come out. Then they sort of sky blue, Willow, Willow, Athena, and Tony, Athena and Tony, and then just like praising Tony, and then before she can finish, Brick comes out with um, Jamie, Jamie Rebel, and then Rebel and Pen- Penelope Ford. Um, yeah, Penelope. Penelope. Um, yeah, and the 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 only kind of thing for me which was good was the sort of Britain. Britain Soraya sort of exchange, but then everything else it felt just a bit forced for me. Well, so this sets up um they have Tony Storm, Serena Deeb becomes a lumberjack match uh, for the title. Um and during that match we have some some storylines developing. So um Jamie Hater and Willow get into it on the outside, which is good. Yeah. Uh, all the while Soraya Soraya's doing like pretty bad commentary. Yeah, she was very much like just sort of like Acting like a fan watching it, but in a way where it was, it felt, as I say, the thing with it was it all felt very forced. Like one thing, what one thing like with a lot of like sort of like promos and AWs, they feel like very natural. Very it, very, it definitely felt a lot like Soraya was struggling to transition from the WWE style of promo to the AW style. Yeah. And I'm um, sure. I'm sure she'll get better at it the more she does it. Like I said, like you said with Wheeler, uh, you've got you've just got to do these to improve them. That's the only way to you know to, to improve. Yeah, because she was a good promo in WWE. Um, I, I think obviously, as as she said, she's not done it for a long time. Like I think she hadn't been on WWE TV for like two and a half years. Yeah, longer. Um, and obviously, like the only kind of interaction with a camera she had was when she's like doing interviews or when she's Twitch streaming, which isn't the same as cutting a wrestling promo. No, it's a very different environment, isn't it? So Yeah, but I, I think for me, it was, as I say, the whole bringing all the women out felt a bit forced. Um, it, it, it just didn't, it didn't feel organic. None of it felt organic. It all felt forced. And while... I think the pro of it was it got a lot of women on TV as opposed to, oh, look, it's a women's match. Um, I felt it was a little bit like, oh, look look how good we are now. Look, Soraya's here. She's going to change everything. It's like, she she shouldn't she shouldn't be the harbinger for change. Like, yeah. It, and the act, they keep acting like she is as well. Like, She's changing everything. It's like, well, not really. Like, these women have all been involved in feud prior to Soraya, to Soraya showing up. It's just now she's in the middle of it. Yeah. Anyway, the match was really good. Yeah. The match was. was really good. Uh, Tony Storm won with an avalanche Storm Zero after yeah. Serena kicked out of the normal Storm Zero, which felt big. Uh, Serena seemed like a real big threat to Tony, which was which was excellent. Um, so, yeah. I- this could be leading to women's blood and guts. Yes, yeah, it did very much seem like that, didn't it? Um, they 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 they, they, they made a very conscious effort here to pair off several teams of women, like two teams of women here. Yeah, and that means and that means more Willow Nightingale than yeah, even better. Sign her, Tony. Sign her now. I think she's signed. She come out as part of the women's mm-hmm. roster. She's come out Sky, a lot of women. We we know Sky Blue signed, and but she hasn't had the graphic. Yeah, true. Which, I mean, for someone who's not officially signed, Willow's there an awful lot, isn't she? So. 
yeah, she's defo sound. Uh, right, next up then we have the Acclaim promo. Uh, basically, they just said that next Wednesday is going to be National Scissoring Day. Keith Lee basically says that um, Billy Gunn is carrying them and they said they're going to defend the titles on Rampage. Yeah, he also says Swerve isn't there because he's inconsolable. Yeah, well, he was actually trapped by the hurricane, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, next up, Ricky Starks destroys Eli Eason. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was like a one-minute squash, but Ricky looked great. Ring of Honor alumni, Ring of Eli Eason, um, who also, uh, about an hour ago, lost the man like the in Germany. Oh, nice. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> Ricky Starks pin in this was great. <laughs> yeah, he did the Nikita Lions, like, Sitting on his face, almost basically. Did, did you see Eli Ison start like laughing his ass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fine enough, squash match. Ricky looked good. What, yeah. what do you want? Uh, I think I think they're just kind of gradually building Ricky up to be a, a credible babyface who could challenge MJF when he's the bastard champion of the year. Yeah, yeah. Just keeping Ricky hot, which is fine. And then your main event: Chris Jericho defeated Bandido. Um, absolutely fantastic! What a match! I mean, Chris, we we said this in Discord, didn't we? Like everyone's, and we're right. Everyone's rightly falling over Mox this year because he's having a career year. He's, he's on fire. But Chris Jericho is fifty-two years old and he's doing this shit. Yeah, I think as well with Chris Jericho is that like his whole gimmick is that he's like anti-pro wrestling, and he's he's having like literally some of the best matches of his career this year. Yeah, he's having the best like straight up wrestling matches that he's the, ever had. The, the last like sort of like. Two months, maybe. Like his match with um, Claudio, his match with Brett. Well, two matches with both Brian. matches with Danielson, yeah. Um, uh, Anarchy in the arena. Anarchy in the arena. Um, well, blood and guts as well. Yeah, um, his match with Eddie, uh, the shark, the shark cage match was good. But both matches with Eddie, yeah. Yeah, the wire match was good as well. Um, uh, and even and Bandito, like we said before, he really impressed in this match as well. He had that mad yeah. delayed vertical suplex where he held Jericho for like two minutes. Um, yeah. Became a slightly more horizontal suplex towards the end, but it was still impressive. It was more than I could do. And then there was that, um, it's like that move Hangman does, not it? It's like the sort of um, moonsault yeah, power slam. Yeah, but he does it off the top rope instead of like yeah, just, just stood there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bandido was insane. But it was so, great. He hit his like cool, like sort of rope springy suplex thingy. The twenty-one plex. Yeah, that was that looked amazing. Yeah, but yeah. Um, check this match out if you get a chance. If you haven't seen it, it was it was phenomenal. Probably my my favorite match of the week. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, and yeah, Bandido was just very good, isn't he? Yeah, post match Jericho says he wants to beat every Ring of Honor world champion and destroy Ring of Honor, and then he just fixed Bobby Cruz because he's a fucking bastard. Yeah, well, he says he wants to destroy Ring of Honor. He says I want to destroy the wrestlers. I want to destroy the commentators. I want to destroy um, the managers. And I want to destroy the ring announcers. And they just mad as Bobby Cruz. Yeah. So if I hurry quickly before we move on, we're talking about um, we're talking about uh, Chris Jericho's. Uh, potential opponents, people who have been Ring of Honor World Champion that he could face. Uh, Loki, Samoa Joe, who's obviously in AW. Um, yeah, CM, yeah, CM Punk, no. Uh, nope. Jamie Noble, no. Brian Danielson, he's already fought him. Homicide, Nigel McGuinness, probably not. Jerry nope. Lynn, maybe. We could, maybe if they don't fight, they can maybe do a program with Jerry Lynn. Nah, Jerry, Jerry's retired. 
Uh, Tyler Black and Roddy Strong, no. Eddie Edwards and Davy Richards are possibilities. In fact, Davy Richards well, did tweet about him, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so. Mike, absolutely not. Um, uh, Kevin Steen, Adam, no. Adam Cole, baby. Jay Briscoe, Adam Cole. Jay Kyle Lethal, Kyle O'Reilly, Christopher Daniels, Dalton Castle, Matt I'll Taven, see. you could see possibly. Oh. Uh, Rouge. Yeah. I could see PCO coming in for a match, possibly. Yeah, I, I could actually see PCO Jericho doing a match. So yeah, there you go. There's plenty, plenty of plenty of meat on that, isn't there? So Jonathan Gresham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, I love Gresham, but he does he does take himself a bit too seriously sometimes. Number ten ranked mate. Or number thirteen, whatever the fuck he is. Ten? Well, you top ten, ten. Bad donors thirteen, how dare you? Yeah, true. Uh, right then, we'll move on very briefly to Rampage, which I literally watched this afternoon when I got in from work because I yeah. had a bad weekend. Uh, really fun, really good match to start out with. Uh, the Acclaimed uh, taking on Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, I loved uh, Max Caster on his intro rap saying that the Butcher and the Blade suck and that's why their band broke up. Yeah. <laughs> and the Butcher just, just looking at him like, motherfucker. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Um, the acclaim get the win. I liked how they they sort of built this match as well. So they sort of basically portrayed it as the acclaimed had to like sort of try and keep themselves in the ring so they didn't get into a situation where the match ended when they weren't involved. Yeah, I, I thought it was good as well the fact that like they give private party enough sort of time to shine without them taking the pin. Yeah. So like, there's obviously the the potential for a future match down the line. Then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it was just a big, chaotic tag team brawl, wasn't it? Like, lots of moving yeah. parts. Um, yeah. Uh, Bowens did absolute work. Max Caster was flopping around and everything. Uh, the Butcher comes in and just murders everyone for a bit, which is always fun. Oh, yeah. Big Butch. Yeah, um, yeah it was a private party. I'd like... Because they were kind of like in the tweener role, weren't they? Yeah. They- it sort of solidified them leaving the Andrade family office. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah. Next up, then we had a quick, very quick Ass Boys promo uh, where they were sat there with Morrissey and Stokely. Just and they they, they basically just got everything wrong because they're dickheads, and it's funny because they're really good. I, I love I love the big Stoke who's getting really annoyed about it. Though, like, <laughs> Like yeah, they just kept correcting them. Yeah, basically, basically, they're just winding FTR up, which is not sensible because FTR are going to murder them. Yeah. Uh, for next up, then Lee Moriarty squashed Fuego de Sol. Fun match. Lee Moriarty looked good. Um, I love that finish he did where it was like a sort of slam, and then as he slammed him down, he went straight into the Border City stretch. Yeah, which looked really, really cool. And he like, kept it locked in after the bell, didn't he? Not for too long though. It wasn't any King situation. He let it go in the end. Yeah, that's true. Uh, following that, we had a Ten and Andrade promo. Basically, a match next week if Andrade wins, Ten has to take his mask off. It's the two-year anniversary of Brody King's last match. Yeah, Brody Lee's last match. Sorry, that's why it's a special yeah. day. Uh, if Ten wins, then Andrade has to leave AEW forever. So either Andrade's gone or Ten's unmasking. I think this is smart with them kind of throwing that wrinkle in because obviously there's like a lot of sort of online detectives saying oh Andrade wants out of his contract and Andrade's been leading into it as well either intentionally or yeah. just to wind people up which is sensible yeah yeah uh, following yeah. that there's um 
who was it who came, comes up to them? Ethan Page and yeah, Stoke. Stoke basically saying, "Yeah, you do realize private party are like getting buddy buddy with my hoodie." Yeah, they, they made a they made a contract tampering joke. Yeah, <laughs> it's meta, mate. It's meta. Yeah. Uh, next up, probably my favorite match. Oh, maybe, but actually, I think this probably was my favorite match on the show. Uh, Jamie Hater and Willow Nightingale. I thought this was awesome. I mean, it's, it's it wasn't what I was expecting from Willow. It started off with them just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Like yeah. the first, like the first thing that happens is Willow Thez presses Jamie and just starts pounding on it. Yeah, well, the, during the lumberjack match, um, obviously Jamie and Willow have like a brawl, and then Willow Willow chases Jamie out from ringside. Yeah, um, Jamie's super over as well. They're the crowd are chanting for her and everything. Oh god, she's ridiculously over. Um, yeah, this this was really fun, really hard hitting stuff. Um, this was like old school shimmer shit. Yeah, uh, Jamie sends Willow to the Shadow Realm with a Rainmaker, just one. Yeah, that was a really nice finish actually because um, Jamie hit that sort of cool like Takeshita style delayed German. Yeah, and then picked her up and just like you said, just took her head off with that. Uh, that clothesline, which was lovely. Uh, next up, Ryan Nemeth comes out to basically talk shit about Philadelphia, and he's trying to like he's trying to basically um, rubbish ECW, isn't he? He's trying to trying to run down ECW. Yeah, this was a cool little homage to ECW. And then yeah, Hook comes out, and while his music's still playing, he just destroys Ryan Nemeth. I'll I'll you, Jack. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a, it was like I said, it was it was a really fun little um little touch yeah and he just beats the piss out of Nemeth puts him in the red room and like, I mean it was like he puts him in the submission and like Nemeth starts tapping for like two seconds and then he just passes out yeah right <laughs> right such a good like stooge as well isn't he yeah he's just fucking great uh, and then the main event Roosh v John Silver yeah this was awesome as well yeah really really fun match John Silver I mean. He's getting a bit sort of pigeonholed now. Is that the guy who gets a lot in but never quite wins? Yeah. The thing is, though, with that is once like it, it's a good way to build Silver up as like an underdog. Like they've got yeah. that kind of in the hole. And there was and there was when, those, he was protected here because like so the finish was uh, Jose was up on the ring and then Alex Reynolds pulls him down, but then that lets Andrade get involved. Yeah, and Andrade distracts Silver, and then Roosh just like deck. He, he just runs and Superman punches him into the corner, and then hits the the bull's horns. This fucking ridiculous man, I fucking love it. Such a good finish. <laughs> yeah, he just drop kicks him so hard in the face. It's great. Yeah, yeah, Roosh. Like that's the thing as well. Like with Jericho going after all the extra ROH guys, yeah, Roosh versus Jericho. Yeah, Roosh is Roosh is hanging around. Don't you worry about it. Jericho's in fucking danger. <laughs> Roosh is possibly one of my favourite things in AW over the last couple of months. Yeah, it's so good. And if, if, if no one's seen it, his match with Dragon Lee at the last Ring of Honor show was phenomenal as well. Yeah, his brother Dragon Lee. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, Roosh's Ring of Honor championship run was unreal. Like, he, he, he's a guy who I feel, I feel as if he's kind of... He's been like circling around the like the big two companies, but he's never quite got there. No WWE were like really interested in him. Yeah, but now he's all elite. So, well, yeah, WWE really interested in him, and then Triple H got usurped from NXT for a bit. Yeah, and wasn't allowed to sign actual wrestlers, so it was like now. Um, and he cut a really decent promo as well. A little interview at the start with Mark Henry. Yeah, he, I, I really enjoyed he, it. He's just 
he's just as as we said before, he's just got like like one of those intangible things that just like the if factor. Yeah, he just he just he just he just draws your attention every time he's on screen. Yeah, like th- there's always kind of talk of like WWE wanting like that kind of like Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, like big like Latino star. Yeah, Roosh, Roosh is that guy. Like he, he literally you you could you could scrap him up tomorrow, I think, and yeah, he'd be like that big big Latin American star. Sound right. That'll do it then for the AEW section. Um, we'll have another mm-hmm. quick break on Jacks. If you're listening, you can have some. Uh, where have we gone? Pulp and some Elton John. A little, bit, little, little change of pace. A little bit of FE for the boys. Okay, we're back. Uh, we're going to quickly run through some rest of the world stuff. We've got some news. We've got some New Japan catch-ups from the UK show this week. And we've got a little preview of the show me and Jay going through next weekend, uh, Progress in Manchester. So we'll start off with the news. Uh, so first of all, Ricky Steamboat, former, uh, having recently made an appearance at House of the Dragon on AEW, is now set a team with FTR against Black Machismo. Is that Jay Lethal as Black Machismo? Yep. Brock Anderson and a mystery partner for big time wrestling and also featuring mm. on the card is the Rock and Roll Express versus the Briscoes. You know, do you know who's managing uh, Black Machismo and Brock Anderson? Who? On. Really? Oh, nice. Uh, you know, for a fact, Flair's that fucking mystery man. <laughs> uh, origi- originally, funnily enough, the rumoured match for Flair's last match was going to be Flair and FTR versus uh, Ricky Steamboat and the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, but Steamboat didn't want to do it, did he? No. So, it'd be interesting to see if... Uh, the nature boy comes out of retirement again. <laughs> he did recently say he basically never wants to retire. Yeah, that's he it. Wants to do it forever. And yeah. final, our last little piece of news. Uh, yeah, as we, we we talked about slightly briefly before, uh, Davy Richards responded to Chris Jericho on Twitter and basically seemingly challenged him for a match for the Ring of Honor Championship. Give me what I want. <laughs> I want David Richards to kick the fuck out of Chris Jericho. Yeah, that would be that would be a heavy hit match. David uh, Richards, if you've never seen David Richards, he is a stiff boy. Yeah, friend of a friend of the podcast, David Richards. Yeah, friend of Warhorse. Warhol. Going to training gym with him, doesn't he? Train like train school. He, um, yeah, he, he also was helping promote um, promote that as well. Um, yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, nice one, tough lad. Uh, right, next up, then we're going to quickly go through the New Japan Pro Wrestling Royal Quest Two results. So this was a show that took place Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, this US... will be on the New Japan World at some point. They've said they've not got a specific date. Yeah, probably looks like it's going to be November. Whenever now. the guy who uploads the videos remembers his password. <laughs> uh, so you you were supposed to. New Japan, apparently. You were supposed to go to this, weren't you? But obviously, train strike sort of kiboshed that. Yeah. Um, and Troy Troy did make it down because he lives a little bit close to London. So he was able to get there. His coach was only three hours, whereas the one that me and Sarah would have been getting would have been seven. So yeah. I, I, I thought rather than rather than like have me back, hate me for it. <laughs> and also because it was. The other kind of thing as well was I was concerned like I had COVID. Yeah, <laughs> that that added to it. But yes, train strikes are the worst. Although we do stand in solidarity with train workers, they should get paid what they want, what they need. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like hundred. We're, we're not angry with the train workers for striking. We're angry with no, the train we're, companies for creating the situation that leads to the train workers need to strike. Pay your fucking all, workers. Also, also, Avanti West Coast are fucking dog shit. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait for them to lose that contract. It should be. 
oh, it's 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 happening. They they won't they won't get it for twenty twenty three. No, uh, right. First night, night one. Then Gabriel Kidd defeated your friend and mine, Dan Maloney, TNT champion. Yeah, I'm genuinely shocked by that. Uh, next up, Michael Oku, the OJMO. That's when I know him from the TNT. And Ricky yeah. Knight Jr. defeated Great O'Connor and Gideon Gray. Yeah, love to love. I mean, what would I don't even want to know? Great O'Connor got to London. I, I asked Troy if he'd shagged anything yet, and he said, I don't think so, but he probably has. But so yeah. Jack, like Jack the Ripper without the murders. <laughs> uh, next up, Alex wins and Ava White. Ava White, I think we've seen her in TNT, haven't we? She's been in TNT, yeah. Um, she's been getting quite like a lot of um, quite a lot of exposure as far as like it, obviously New Japan using her. Like, yeah. she, I think. That's like she'd only debuted last year as well. Oh, right. Fair. Uh, but her and Alex Windsor defeated Kanji and Jesse Gabbath. That would have been a banger. Yeah, What what's interesting about that is Alex... I don't know if they had both the belts, but Alex Wins is the Ref Pro Women's Champion. Right. And she's the Progress Women's Champion. Yes, she is, yeah. Uh, next up, multi-man action. Hiromu Takahashi, Sonada and Tetsuya Naito defeated Duki, El Desperado and Zack Sabre Jr. Suzuki Goon. Sad. Sad hates Torinos. Yeah. It, did you see? You put a picture up of him and uh, Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, t- top top lads, Zach Sabre Jr. Yeah, that would have been that would have. I mean, that would have been chaos. That match. Well, not chaos. Suzuki going, but you know. Yeah. But it's left. Um, next up, Tomohiro Ishii. I mean, come on, Ishii and and, and Kazuchika Okada in a tag team. Defeating bad dude Tito, and you put Zach Knight, but it was actually Zach Zodiac. His name. All right, but yeah, um, that's what cool to Harley put up. I guess copied up them. Yeah, he's um, he's Pages' brother. He's the one. Who, he's the one. If you've seen the film, he's the one who doesn't get signed and has a bit of a sad time. Yeah, um, I, he said that he lost like a fuck ton of weight as well over five years. All right. He looked, looked good on the picture. I'm like, he looked fair play. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't wait to see that match when it's when it's up on on TV. That'd be great. Yeah, it was meant to be Jonah, but because of the hurricane, he missed. Um, he he wasn't able to get his flight. He was just that's the story. He was just waiting out to see to just fuck the hurricane up for making him miss his flight. I'm like I'm fucking kaiju, like fucking Godzilla. Just <laughs> gonna fucking chin a hurricane. Uh, next up, Jado, Hikaleu, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Tamatonga defeated the Good Brothers, Jay White and Gado. Uh, Jay White needs to realize that his association with the Good Brothers means he's always going to lose multi-man matches. Yes, and and Gado to be fair as well. Yeah. I, I imagine Gay they'll took the pin after eating just one gun stun. No, I don't know that for sure, but uh, next up, Will Ospreay defeated Shota Shooter Umino. Troy said this was a banger. I can um, fully imagine. Apparently, he got stopped. It, it it ended by stoppage of Jesus. Osprey doing a murder on Shota. Poor Shooter. Yeah, uh, and then the main event: FTR defeated Aussie Open in a match that. Uh, Dax Harwood said it's the best match he's ever had. Yeah. Well, he said one of them. Yeah. He wouldn't explicitly say whether it was better than either of the Briscoe's matches, which, I mean, I wouldn't get on the wrong side of them boys. They're fucking lunatics. Yeah. But either way, it's another another feather in the cap of FTR, another, another revered yeah. match to add to the catalogue for 2022. To the surprise of absolutely no one, FTR and Aussie Open was a banger. Yeah. Apparently, this match went 35 minutes, oh, um, and for 20 of them, 
Will Ospreay had tweeted out saying it was well. Will Ospreay said it was the best tag match he's ever seen. Yeah. Um, and he also tweeted out saying that there was like literally the twenty minutes of the match there was like a standing ovation, like everyone was on the feet. Oh, the nice. crowd were like red hot for this. I cannot wait to watch this. Yeah, match. I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, right then on to night two. Uh, she started out with Dookie and El Desperado defeated mythical creature Robbie X and Michael Oku. Robbie X for the best of the Super Juniors then next year, yeah. I mean, if he existed, mate, yeah, you could put him in there. <laughs> no, it's fine. I've, I've seen him live. Now I know. Yeah, I know he's real. You like you like that sweet about it? Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I imagine this would have been all the flippies. Yeah. So yeah, give me that. Uh, following on from that, you had Hiromu Takahashi and Sonada defeating the Young Guns. That's Luke Jacobs and Ethan Allen. This was like their first match back as well as a tag team, wasn't it? Yeah, Ethan Allen's been out for an extended period of time with injury. Yeah, I'd come back and get fucking murdered by Takahashi. But hey. Yeah. I, I imagine that match would have been banging. Yeah, that'd be really, really good. That, Dan, Dan said that match was a slapper, as he said. Yeah, shout out to the gym my podcast over there as well, Dan. Um, yeah. Top top lad. Um, Who, as I'm recording, they're doing a live stream now because they've just sent me a message saying, are you coming in? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I'd jump in on that. Uh, next up, we had United Empire, which was basically Aussie Open, Will Ospreay. Oh, no, we had, we had Jazzy oh, no. Gabbard. Jazzy Gabbard defeated David White first. Yeah, sorry. The, uh, I took my eyes off the screen, lost my place. Uh, in yes. the IWGP Women's Championship Tournament first round. True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was, again, I'm looking forward to that. Ava White, from what I saw of Ava White, really want to see more of her. Um, Jazzy Gabbard's very good as well. I've not actually seen Jazzy Gabbard wrestle, but yeah, again, it's she like was. She was in the May Young Classic, and then she was signed to NXT UK for a little while. All right, cool. she's basically a big hench German. I can get down with that. Yeah, she's very tall, um, very she's very good, big powerhouse. Nice. Uh, yeah, next up then, United Empire is just basically Aussie Open, Will Ospreay, um, Great Khan, and that other guy, mm-hmm. uh, Giddy Gray. Versus, and they beat FTR, Shota Umino, Gabriel Kidd, and Ricky Knight Junior. Yeah, I think they, they had to have the, the United Empire win that against like a just thrown together team. Yeah, they they had the they had the team cohesion, I suppose. But FTR, yeah. can, I mean, I, I'm guessing FTR didn't take the pin in that. That would have been. I, I imagine Gabriel Kidd was there to eat the pin or Shota. Shota reached a lot of pins. Shota does. Next up, would have been Ricky Knight Junior because he's the ref pro champ. Yeah, is he the one we saw in? Is he the young lad that we saw in um in TNT at that time? I haven't seen him. I saw him. I saw him fill in a TNT show. He got he got murdered by Kings of the North, but he had a really good show. Uh, I think it probably was him. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he's paid. Saraya's uh, nephew. He's yeah. been doing like, the rounds. Apparently, was, he hasn't <laughs> had back So they had the, we had they had a match. And it was meant to be Zach Zodiac, but he couldn't make it for some reason. Either. So, so Ricky came down instead and just did flips all the time, and it was great. And then Damien yeah. Corbin broke him in half. Yeah, Corbin did an actual life ending on him. Just ate his soul to, to regain his youth. <laughs> um, next up, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tamatonga, and Hikaleu. So basically, Tanahashi, Tanahashi and yeah, the Gorillas of Destiny, sort of, versus yeah. the good versus the Bullet Club, effectively the Good Brothers and Jay White. The Bullet Club. Uh, yeah. And yeah, again, Jay White needs to remember realize that if he tags, if I- he's going to tag with the Good Brothers, he's not going to win. Are you sure who Jay White's feuding with here? Because 
obviously this is building up to like the next pay-per-view they do or like the next big show they do Jay White defend the title against one of those I mean, I'd assume well you'd assume Tanahashi or Tamatonga wouldn't you well I think it's Tama because of like the way he was ousted from Bullet Club but then Tanahashi being there makes it feel like it could be Tanahashi yeah who knows, eh? Uh, next up, then, uh, Kachushka Carter defeated Bad Dude Tito in, in, a, in a result that nobody saw coming. Just one Rainmaker. Well, apparently, he didn't even do a Rainmaker in the first in the first night, did he? I know, you'd be fuming if you if you went to see a card. <laughs> Rainmaker. No, Billy so, no, no Rainmaker. What the fuck is he doing? Night two rolls around, you got to get the people what they want. Yeah. Although that first match wasn't it just Ishii doing all the better. I assume so, yeah. Speaking of Ishii, uh, he was up the next match. He defeated Yota Tsuji. Who's just, a, a, as as Spock said, he's just like a Japanese wrestler from the 80s who just kind of came through like a time vortex. <laughs> um, he's just a big fucker. He's also in Rev Pro at the end of the month wrestling Minoru Suzuki. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. That'll be some uh, murder. Yeah, Troy said this was stiff as fuck. I can imagine. Um, because it was just two big lads just knocking fucking bells out of one another. Well, this is just that Ishii versus Eddie Kingston match. Just replace Eddie Kingston with a large Japanese man. Yeah. It, this was meant to be Jonah. Um, Jonah versus Ishii is never going to happen, is it? <laughs> no, I don't think it can. I think it will destroy the world. <sighs> it's like Miro and Ishii. That's what we really fucking want. Yeah. Again, can't happen. We'll destroy the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in the, well. the last the last match, I'm guessing is the main event, was uh, yes. Tetsuya Naito defeated Zack Sabre Jr. and this was like a number one contenders match basically wasn't it for like a title shot was remember Naito remember Naito in the main event it's back we we did this like after fucking Wrestle Kingdom and I was rolling my eyes as then yeah when is Zack Sabre Jr. going to get his due Zack Sabre Jr. like absolutely deserves a run with the fucking IWGP title like I don't give a fuck. Like, oh, it's, we've got better wrestlers. Fucking, no, we haven't. Zack Sabre Jr. is the best technical wrestler on the planet. Don't at me. And he's just... Not he's he, we, we won't find that until he fights Danielson, to be fair. Yeah, well, last time he fought, he fucking lost, didn't he? So, he's a change there. Maybe that's, Wrestle, maybe Wrestle that's, Kingdom. Uh, well, what's interesting with that is that Wrestle Kingdom is the same day as Dynamite. It's on a Wednesday next year. Right, okay. So, but they've already said that there's going to be like a, quite a big AW presence. So, what uh, what is Tony going to do about that? Is he going to... Don't need Brent Angel on every dynamite. No, but usually the fair, like the New Year's Bash show, they, they have like a, a match that's like going to be considered like a match of the year, don't they? Like this year, the ads... Uh, Danielson and Hangman last year they had Ray Phoenix and Kenny yeah and if they're if they're kind of like running low on talent yeah they'll have they'll have, they'll have Kenny back by that point they'll have um, you'd assume you'd assume Moxley's going to be off in Japan as well yeah, yeah but he won't be champion so that's fine well, that's true MJF versus Kenny MJF would have sent sent to the fucking shadow realm wouldn't he <laughs> or what he put, whatever Moxley calls fucking it's where he's like just dwelling over losing and then comes back to murder people. Yeah. Well yeah, so that anyway, that was um that was New Japan <laughs> um, Royal Quest 2. 
sounded like a really, really fun show. I'm gutted I couldn't get down there for it. I couldn't anyway. I, I already had plans for that weekend. Uh, obviously, you had yeah. tickets, but you couldn't make it because of train strikes, which sucks because Sarah couldn't go either. Um, and she was well up for seeing, well, basically all her favourites. Um, um, she's, bec- yeah. she's become like a New Japan super fan since G1 started, which is really funny. It's been really funny to watch. Yeah. Get get a get her to watch some uh, Wrestle Kingdoms to cheer herself up. She know I think she probably knows more about the Neutron roster than I do at this point, which is <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. She she was really excited to see, um, particularly FTR Will Osprey. She's a big Will Osprey fan. We're talking about it. It's fine. We're working through it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, oh, and I, I, and and Aussie Open, despite the fact that we both didn't know that one of them was at the progress show we went to a few months ago, <laughs> until he came out. So I, I, I'm I was very excited to see FTR versus Aussie Open. I was very excited to see Kazuchika Okada. The venue looked great as well. It was like quite a lot of people there. It was packed out. It was yeah, at least a thousand people or something like that, wasn't it? So it was two thousand one hundred and thirty-seven people. It held. Oh, nice! And it was full. It was packed to the rafters, which is mad because they could probably like sell out like a five thousand seater venue easy. Yeah. Obviously, this weekend there was like a lot of like so. Just a shout out to the actual UK wrestling scene this weekend. So, oh, it was okay. a packed. It was a packed card. So, Opera had the show, their debut show, which apparently was amazing, which featured um, um, a match with Kid Bandit, Simon Miller, and Commander Sterling in a battle in like a multi-man match, which was awesome. Apparently. Yeah, um, which Kid Bandit won the Soft Pro Cup, which yeah. they were defending apparently next year as well. Um, One PW had their first show back in like a decade, over a decade. Yeah, Neil Neil went to that, my business partner. He said it was kick ass. He really, really enjoyed it. Featured um, Mickey James and Seth Seshamoth Martina um, exchanging top rope beers and bounce in the ring, which is the best thing I've ever seen. Is that how the beers got there? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> To be fair, he didn't mention he was gone. I just completely forgot. <laughs> so yeah, it was a really f- it was, a- and um, I know the guys from Davenfins went to uh, OPW show in Morecambe as well, which was also very good. Uh, yeah. RPD was wrestling on that, and he, he did obviously did the Lord's work as always. Joe, Joe said it was the RPD show. Um, I mean, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, they wrestled twice on that show. Um, also, RPD was hanging out with William Regal this weekend. Yeah, and William Regal was in Manchester and Glasgow for a meet and greet. So a lot of lot of you good, good, really good stuff going on in the UK wrestling scene this week. Um, which brings us to our last bit of business. If only, if only there was a regional um, fighting club like group uh, from where RPD was from in Blackpool. Yeah, some sort of combat club that you could be part of. Yeah, just it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, Right, shall we shall we run through this progress card really quick? Yep. So the last bit of My business. In it again. Uh, no, no, no. We can actually. We've got like three or four minutes to talk about it briefly. Uh, so we're going to codename Sidewinder at the O2 Ritz in Manchester next Saturday. It's progress is Deadly Viper Tour. I think it's the last show on the of the tour, isn't it? Of the no, Deadly Viper shows. One in Cardiff as well. Oh yes, that. in the tram shed. Yeah. Which has got kid, uh, kid bandit best kid like us too, which I'm gutted I'm not going to get to see. Well, that's what we are going to get to see. We are going to get to see the Young Guns versus Kid Like Us and Kid Like Us too. That's one of our matches. Yeah, that'll be stiff. Uh, shout out to Kid Like Us who needs to put his face back together after uh, this weekend as well. Yeah, he had a um, no DQ match with Chris Brooks. Apparently, it was legitimately being talked about as one of the best matches Progress has ever put on. So I will definitely be checking that out when it gets put on 
the WWE Network or the yeah. Man Pro. There's a match on this card that I'm going to call JR's Nightmare, which is Leon Slater versus Liam Slater. Yeah, um, it's part of the Natural Progression Series 8. It's a quarterfinal match. Yeah. Uh, the, the loser can no longer refer to themselves as L Slater. Fair. <laughs> they get called Rettles. That's Slater backwards. <laughs> um, uh, also, uh, in the Natural Progression Series, we have Tate Mayfair's versus Sam Bailey. Tate is, in fact, greatness. The, the, the future winner of the Natural Progression Series, Tate, the greatest professional wrestler to walk planet Earth. Tateness is greatness. Never forget it. Um, yeah. yeah, that'll be a banger. We've got Sam three women's matches on the card. Uh, all of them are in, uh, incredibly uh, exciting for different reasons. So we've got Tionga versus Nina Samuels, which I can't wait to see. Oh, God. I've not seen Tonga wrestle for so long. I can't wait to see her wrestle again. We've got Millie McKenzie versus Alexis Falcon. That's going to fucking go hard. That'll be so good. And then defending the Progress Women's Championship, we've got Kanji versus the Lana Austin Experience, represented by Sky Smitten. Yeah. Um, I like they've got this little faction for Lana now because yeah. it feels like it's inevitable she's going to take the belt off Kanji at some point. It just doesn't know. We just don't know when. Yeah. We've um, also got the Super Mob Smash, which is a 12 man tournament. I think it's four it, teams of three, I believe. Four teams of three, the teams that we've been announced so far. Um, I'm just going to jump on Progress's Twitter while it's, I'm talking about I know about it's, Sun, it's Sunshine Machine, was the first one. Sunshine Machine, which is Sunshine Machine and Gene Money. Um, close personal friends represented by Joe Lando, Danny Black, and Callum Newman. Uh, yep. Sad Matthew Noises. Um, and they haven't. No, that's it so far, isn't it? That's all they've announced. They they haven't. Um, yeah, they they haven't announced the other team yet. The ba- basically the way they've been putting it together, which is really cool, is they've been putting they've been putting votes out, um, like via email and on Twitter, for um, fans to vote on the teams. So the yeah. most people. Uh, the last names in it are Vaughn Vertigo, um, Amari, Maverick Mayhew, um, Two Bite, uh, Kane and Krishna, and what was the other one? Yeah. Uh, then we've got two, to round off the card, we've got two singles matches. We've got uh, the return of Tom Dawkins, formerly Cara Noir. His first match in progress as Tom Dawkins as yeah. well, because he got injured and missed one of the shows. He's taken on Elijah, which should be good. Yeah, and... I like the fact on that graphic as well, they've got kind of like the grim specter of Karen Yeah, the they've got like the, the ghost of Karen like while looking over Tom Dawkins, which is which is quite nice. And then yeah. the main event in a non-title match, we have Spike Trevay, the progress champion. It's a non-title? Non-title, yeah, taking on Dan Maloney. Yeah, um... This feud. So, in the um, I'm I'm genuinely shocked. That's not title. I would have thought that would have been a title match. Um, in the um Thunder Bastard match, Spike blinded Dan Maloney to win the match. Um, and then after that, Spike cheated to beat the Reese. Dan Maloney took exception with it. Spike attacked Dan Maloney during his last match that he right. wrestled in progress. Um. And Dan Maloney is refusing to refer to Spike by his name. He's refusing to say his name. He's like, I'm not even going to say his name. I hate him that much. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's a lot of bad blood to this. I can see this being kind of the start of them building up Driller to take the belt off Spike. Yeah, like that. 
I mean, if it's non-title, it means Dan could win. Yeah. Just one driller killer. I, I, I hope driller kills Spice. <laughs> well, um, Spike's, Spike's got like some heavy now. I don't know who it is. Oh, yeah, that but, big lad with the beard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bad story. But yeah, um, it, it, this should be a really good card, shouldn't it? Yeah, um, I, can't, I can't wait. I, I, had a, I had a great time the last time I went to Progress was when Damon won a title. Uh, I can't wait for this one. It's it's always entertaining. Yeah, Simon Miller does the I've, Lord's work as a ring announcer. Nine matches on the card, so it's a packed card. I've been to a lot of Progress shows this year. I've been very fortunate with that. I, I went to the last show they did in Ritz and it was brilliant. So I'm. it's a really good re- venue. I'm really looking forward. It's basically just the electric ballroom, but bigger. And in Manchester, and like not three hours away, and and not like a fucking arse to get to for me. Yeah. yeah, sound right. That's going to do for us then. If you are coming to to progress the weekend, and you, you see us, do say hello. We'll um, be giving out stickers. Yeah, and rainmakers maybe, and maybe just one rainmaker. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, or, yeah. Us, we're going to be there. Uh, Troy's going to be there. A lot of our Discord community, we kind of mentioned, and we've had a few people, few of them on the podcast every now and again. Like yeah. favorite, she's gonna be there. She went to super strong style with me and Troy. Uh, the Dammit Vince guys are gonna be there. Yes, well, it's their home turf, isn't it? So yeah, it's their, it's their home territory. A Northwest uh, so, podcast meetup. It'll be great. Yeah, we're get, we're gonna have quite a big group of us there. If you see any of us, more than happy to talk to you. Don't feel like you can't approach us. Yeah, uh, say hello. Or also, if the if at any point you feel uncomfortable during the show and someone bothering you, and you see us. Come to us. We'll we'll go to the give your hands with that. Yeah, Joe, uh, put them in the red room. Be sad. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll G-A drill them. Off the <laughs> we'll get mad uh, to spark them out. It'd be great. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So if you enjoy your wrestling, thank you everyone. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Um, we're out of time. Enjoy your wrestling. We'll see you all real soon. See you next week. We don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be madness. As always, take care. We're going to be talking about white rabbits. For yeah, sure. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> See you all later. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes. Dan Housen here. Dan Housen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen. The Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen. <laughs>